enjoying the snow these last few days, all right? Yeah, I got some good uh, snow lovers. Anybody hate the snow? About half and half, okay. Is there a love-hate? Anybody love-hate? I could probably go either way. Sometimes I hate it, sometimes I love it. Well, this morning I was out snowblowing uh, my driveway because yesterday I was lazy and uh, just drove over it a couple times, and then there was another fresh couple inches. And I was out there this morning going and uh, just praying about the service and uh, just believing God for God to just touch us this morning. And I believe uh, that God is doing that. I want to say thanks to Brendan this morning for leading us in worship. We appreciate that. And, uh, and just I'm excited. I'm excited for what God is doing here at the Gateway Church, and I hope that you are as well. God is doing some really neat things, some new things, and uh, it's, it's been exciting to be a part of this journey. I also want to uh, introduce uh, a couple to you that is uh, familiar to some, but not to all. Uh, Pastor Pale in Maryland, uh, just wave your hands here just for a second. Um, j- these are wonderful, godly people that uh, we love, some friends of ours, and uh, they are from this area, retired ministers. And uh, l- late last year, I connected with Pastor Pale, and I said, hey, whenever you are available, if you're not preaching somewhere, or if you, you, you have a, an open Sunday, we would love for you to visit. So you may see them around on occasion, and uh, we just uh, say, God bless you. And, uh, and Pastor Pale has blessed me and uh, spoken to my life on so many occasions, and uh, I've appreciated that, and I wanted to publicly thank you for that. And Marilyn, you, uh, you are just a wonderful example uh, to us, both of you, and uh, so, so we're glad that you're here this morning. Amen? Amen. Amen. Well, we are halfway through January already. Can anybody say, that's hard to believe? What in the world? And, you know, we talk about January, and oftentimes it's a time in our lives where we consider how successful we are or how things are going. We kind of evaluate our lives, don't we? we t- last week we took a little poll, how many were readjusting, refocusing, re-energizing uh, as, as the first of the year. And hopefully some of the things that you committed on January 1st, you're still doing uh, exercise plans or Bible reading plans, things like that. And I want you to know, as a church, we have been evaluating as well. And as we have desired to continue to grow, continue to see God move in our midst, continue to pray for revival, we are reexamining kind of what is important to us as a church. These first few weeks of the year, we're saying, okay, who are we? And we're trying to sharpen our focus as a church. And, say, and trying to answer the question, what will success look like for us at the Gateway Church? And for those of you that were here last week, we talked about the idea that there's this worldly success that many people will strive for based on merit, and it's deserved, or a lot of personal responsibility. And there's worldly mechanics, worldly systems, and that kind of stuff even trickles into the church. You say, hey, if I preach this way, or if we sing this song, or if we do this ministry, or we do this outreach, there's some of those mechanics that would create worldly success. But then we looked last week at godly success. It looks a little different, doesn't it? It's not what you do, or what you accomplish, or what you accumulate that will bring you success. Instead, it's all about who you know. It's who you know. And last week we looked at 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 2. 
And uh, I want to look at this verse again this morning. It should be up on the stage here. It says, may grace, and we said last week that grace is God's favor, translated in the Greek. May God's grace, my, may God's favor and peace, which is perfectly perfect well-being and all necessary good, all spiritual prosperity and freedom from fears and agitating passions and moral conflicts, be multiplied. Everyone say, be multiplied. In you, in the knowledge of God and Jesus Christ, our Lord, in the full, personal, precise, and correct knowledge of God. And last week, we looked at the story where Jesus, in, this, in the temple, unrolled uh, the scroll, and he turned to Isaiah chapter 61, and he took the liberty to, to find that spot in Scripture uh, from the Old Testament, and he, he read and he declared a year of God's favor. And I declared last week, uh, in my spirit, as I've been praying and asking God uh, this year, God, what are you up to? That we are experiencing and will continue to experience a year of God's favor at the church. And you say, well, what does that look like? Well, it, it, it describes it. In Luke chapter 4, you can look at Isaiah 61. Uh, the year of God's favor includes the good news being preached to the poor. Healing of the brokenhearted, freedom, prisoners set free. There's comfort, there's provision. No more ashes, no more mourning. Instead, there's gladness, a smile on our face when we experience the year of God's favor. No more despair. And I love how it ends in Isaiah 61. It talks about putting on a garment of praise. That means that, that as we walk through life, there's a praise. There's a, an energy that, that comes outside of us of praise, of thanking God, walking with God. And that's what a year of God's favor is. And so to set the tone this year for a year of God's favor, I've called, and we talked about this last week, a, a three-week fast, a, a time of fasting and praying, a time to be in God's word and to ask God for our worship to go deeper. And you say, well, I've, not, I've never fasted before. Or what would that look like? Well, let me just take just a second to talk about fasting. Fasting can look at like uh, a whole lot of different things. You can, one, eliminate something out of your life. Maybe uh, eliminate uh, TV or eliminate listening to the radio in the car or el eliminate reading the paper for the next couple weeks. Or it could be eliminating some sort of food. My mom, she was the master at, uh, at eliminating sweets. And, uh, and my mom, when she fasted, she demanded it of us. It wasn't fair. But I remember so many times she said, you know what, we're going to fast as a family. And we cut out sweets for maybe a week or maybe even longer. And, uh, and it's important. You, and as you cut those things out, when you start to miss those things, you turn to God. And God is the one that strengthens you. And then, of course, fasting as well is where you eliminate food out of your life. And, uh, and I've encouraged at a minimum that the next three uh, Wednesdays, uh, the next three Wednesdays, that you'll be fasting and praying with us. And so on Wednesdays, I'm going to ask that when you wake up, you just don't eat breakfast. 
and don't eat lunch and drink lots of water, drink lots of fluid and don't eat dinner. And then come on out on Wednesday nights uh, for prayer and for worship. And uh, last Wednesday night, there was probably, you know, 30 or 40 of us. And I'll tell you, as we pressed into God, seeking God, he that's how you experience the favor of God. It's by knowing him. That verse the, the, there in 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 2, it's the God's grace comes through a knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. And it's totally undeserved. It's unmerited, but it's favor. And it's available for you, and it's available for me. And so I want to say this morning that there is nothing more important than our connection with God. And that's what we talked about last week, is our first part of our mission statement is that we are connecting with our Heavenly Father. And with that, there's favor that comes. There's nothing more important in your life. You say, well, my family's important, or my business is important, or my school, or my sport, or whatever. There is nothing more important in your life, or in my life, than knowing God. And I love what Paul said in Philippians chapter 3, verse 10. His heart, you can almost sense just this incredible passion out of Paul. And he says, my desire is to know Christ and the power of his resurrection. And I pray and I hope that that is your heart. That from the depths of your belly, there's this desire to know God more. And, uh, and so we, that's what we talked about last week. Now, this week, we're going to talk about another discipline, another characteristic, another component to God's favor. And it's interesting, as we look at this, it will help us in our connection with God. But we're going to move, um, move on and look at this. And I want you to know that in the fall, we talked about or we got small groups of people together, if you weren't around through the fall, and we got small groups of people together, and we evaluated the church. We said, hey, what's right? What's wrong? What's missing? What's confusing about the church? And in, it's interesting, as we recorded those things, and then we even color-coded them. Thank you, Bonnie. I'm not Bonnie. That was a big task to do that. But we color-coded these things. The number one area of, hey, what's missing, or how could we improve, was in this area that we're going to talk about today, in this area of, of having times together, discipling each other, relationships going deeper. There were comments like this, and this is a direct quote, we do outreach well, and we do, that's important to us, but we do not help each other grow in the Lord. And that was one person's comment. Another person said, I need a mentor in my life. And you know what's interesting? And there was comment after comment about discipleship, about growing in God's, in God's favor or in God's uh, disciplines. It's a basic human need. We were created for community. You know, when Adam was created and he had all the animals in the world, he went through and named them all. What does it say? There still was no suitable helper, someone to walk with Adam. And you know what? We need each other. Adam needed someone. We need someone. And we were created for community. So today, we're going to look at our idea, of the second idea of our mission statement. Not only connecting with God, but we're going to look at connecting with each other and what that means. And what we're going to do is we're going to look at our connection with each other in light of God's favor. 
in light of God's favor. And so I hope that you're ready uh, to, to, to do that and kind of get your mindset to in light of God's grace on our lives. And, uh, and so as we look at this, I want us to first kind of take a quick assessment of our own lives. Consider where we are in, in regards to receiving or living in God's favor. All right. And so uh, it's very possible that there are, you are here and you say, man, this last season has been an incredible season of God's favor and uh, God is blessing in lots of ways. And we say, praise God for that. It's also possible, as I was praying and asking the Lord for revelation knowledge, that you are here this morning and you are feeling no favor at all. And don't raise your hand. OK, I mean, we don't want to embarrass you. But you're sick of hearing about God's favor because you're saying, man, I'm in a tough season. In or there's been the abuse of God's scripture and, and people take uh, God's favor to an extreme. In fact, there was a book I read not too long ago, uh, and I, it's a very well-known pastor. Um, I won't even tell you what state he's in, but you have heard of him, I promise. You've probably seen him on TV. And, uh, but he, in his book, he, he, I believe he really misrepresents the favor of God. Um, he he's tells a story about going into a parking lot, and, uh, and, he, and he's like almost bragging to his, to his family, saying, hey, uh, God's going to open up a spot for me at the parking lot, okay? And, and, he, and sure enough, it happens. He pulls in, and then he's like, touch me. I've got the favor of God on me. I'm like, really? And I, I'm like, is that really favor? Maybe, maybe not. I don't know. But maybe you're sick of that kind of that kind of thing, or the, you you you, get, you have questions around God's favor. Maybe you're here this morning. You're saying, I, I think the hand of God is against me, or maybe, am I even on God's radar? Does he see my life? Does he see where I am today? My job, my kids, my family. And so maybe you're struggling with God's favor, all right? And so, so that's certainly one part. But then there's another part that we want to talk about today, about connecting with each other. And I want to bring these together in our relationships. And you, see, you might be here today and you say, man, I'm thankful for the relationships in my life. I'm in a good season. I've got good relationships. But it's very possible as well that you are here this morning and maybe you have been offended or hurt or wounded. There's something inside that just doesn't feel right. And what happens a lot of times when we are in those types of circumstances is the natural tendency is to pull away, to maybe pull away from a small group or to pull away from the church, pull away from friends or family, and all of a sudden we're isolated. You know what the result of that is? When we get isolated, we will suffer spiritually will suffer socially. And God wants to bring favor back to those in relationship if you've been missing that in your life. God's favor in relationship sounds good. We talk, we're going to talk about growth and accountability. We say, well, how does that happen? How does that happen in our lives? What does that look like? And so this morning, we're going to look at how does that happen. And there's two really important keys to experiencing God's favor in our relationships. And, uh, and again, like I did last week, I've sensed this, and you call it a word of the Lord or just a sense in my spirit. But to this year, we as a body of believers are going to experience the favor of God, not only in our relationship with Him, a growth and a depth, but we are also going to experience a, a fa the favor, the grace of God in relationships. 
And you say, well, how's that going to happen? Well, the first thing is that when we look at this, it comes through forgiveness. comes through forgiveness. We said that favor and grace are used synonymously in the New Testament, in the Greek. And that's important to understand. And so grace or favor, it is tied very, very closely to this idea of forgiveness. Now, let me ask you a question. You don't have to uh, answer, but, but track with me here for a second. Have you ever known someone that seems to have some things together, but you try to put your finger on their life or try to figure them out, and you're saying something's not right about so-and-so? There's something off. Uh, you know, they're, 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 uh, they're friendly uh, most of the time, or they're, uh, they, they've, you know, maybe successful in, in an area of their life, but something is not quite right. And then you try to, you know, peel away the layers of what, what might be the issue. And oftentimes, what the issue is, is at the core of their being, is that there's unforgiveness. And uh, Matt, you probably see this in, in, your, in your field of, uh, of work, uh, in the counseling field. And there's unforgiveness that creeps in, that's hard to let go. And God wants us to deal with this idea of forgiving. And the first area is forgiving ourselves. And I want to talk about this because there are so many times in our lives that we will make mistakes. We will do things that are not pleasing to God. Things that we've done, or maybe things that we didn't do, or never completed, hurts, brokenness. And it's difficult to forgive ourselves. I'm not sure if you can relate to this, but I know there are times in my life that I've been in seasons where maybe I've been caught up in in, in some sin, and I'm saying, God, I know that you forgive me, but it's hard to forgive myself. But you know what's interesting? I had some revelation. Someone encouraged me in that at one point in my life. They said, you know, if you say that, I know God has forgiven me, but I can't forgive myself. Do you realize that you have a higher standard of grace than what God would? And so we need to embrace the grace that God gives us, the forgiveness that He, expect, or that he, he releases to us. And I want to give us permission even this morning to walk in freedom, to forgive yourself. You say, yeah, but you don't know what I've said, or you don't know where I've been, or you don't know what I've done. You don't know what I never completed. You say, you don't know about the the, the secrets in my life. You know what? God knows those things. And at the moment that you ask for forgiveness, He forgives us, but there's a grace that comes. And it's part of God's favor in our lives to receive that. And so we're going to pray at the end of the service today for maybe those of us that are struggling with forgiving ourselves. But not only is it hard to forgive ourselves, but there's also this sense that we don't walk through life alone. Isn't that right? We walk through life in community. And I don't care if you're single this morning, if you're a young person, or you're, you know, you know, experiencing life all on your own, you say, no, you are walking through life in community, in, a, uh, in an environment where there are others around. And the fact is, there are going to be mistakes made. There are going to be times where things are done 
maybe abuse or neglect or things that, that won't be done that you would expect to have been done, hurts and brokenness. And you say, you know, Pastor, I struggle with extending grace to others, extending forgiveness to others. And I'm going to pray this morning that God would help us to be able to forgive others. It is difficult. And I don't know all the details of all of your lives. And it's very possible that you're here this morning, that you came out of a, a circumstance of abuse or, uh, or neglect, or, or maybe there was something that happened, some injustice in your life, and you have been holding on to that. And that unforgiveness will, will keep you from God's favor. And what God wants to do is to release that and to help you this morning. I believe that. You say, no, I can't do it. Well, I want to take you to Matthew chapter 18. I want you to turn with me to Matthew chapter 18. Interesting section of scripture. Jesus is talking here in Matthew chapter 18. Uh, uh, just before we get to verse 21, if you back it up just a little bit in verse 15, it talks about, this is so funny. It, Jesus says, if your brother sins against you, okay, it should say, in my opinion, when your brother sins against you. Because how many know it is inevitable? It's going to happen. There are mistakes. Things are said, and you can't get them back. Or things are done, you can't get them back. And then it kind of goes on to talk about what to do if that happens. And uh, Jesus is very specific about going to that person, and if they don't respond, bring someone back with you. And if it still doesn't respond, there's not, unfor or there's, uh, not forgiveness or not a reconciliation. Then to bring it to the church and to, to, to bring it forward. And so it talks about some corporate discipline there. But then in verse 21, Peter comes to Jesus. And I'm sure Peter, Peter is the one that is, uh, you know, he's, he has a personality like mine where he's very outgoing. He's the first one to speak up and he's listening to Jesus talk about forgiveness, right? And about, about uh, forgiving if a brother sins against you. And he comes to Jesus, he says, Lord, how many times shall I forgive my brother when he sins against me? Up to seven times? And I'm sure he's thinking, boy, if my brother or my sister sins against me in the same area seven times, surely the eighth time I don't have to forgive, right? I know I would be thinking the same thing. He's saying, hey, seven times is enough. There's only so much rope I can hold on to, and then I'm letting go, right? And then Jesus answers, no. He says, I tell you, not seven times, but 77 times. And in some of your versions, it says 70 times seven. And then he tells a story, and we're going to have to take the time to read it. I encourage you to read it later. He tells a story of God's grace and a ruler that, that uh, had a, a servant that owed some money, a big amount of money. And, uh, and the servant pled on his knees and said, God, forgive me. I, you know, I forgive my debt. Uh, help me. And the master showed mercy. And he said, all right, your debt is forgiven. And then it says that that, that person, that servant, went out and there was someone that owed him some money, a smaller portion. And the same thing, a person said, oh, forgive me, forgive me. And that servant did not forgive, did not show grace to the other person after he just received all kinds of grace. And at the end of that, uh, that little section there, verse 35, uh, it says that, that uh, or verse 32 says, the master will call out, uh, call to the servant, you wicked servant. 
This is the response that that servant would have. I canceled all your debt of yours because you begged me to. Shouldn't you have had mercy or grace on your fellow servant just as I had on you? In anger, the master turned him over to the jailers to be tortured until he should pay back all that he owed. And he said, this is how it will be. For my heavenly Father will treat you if, unless you forgive your brother from your heart. That is really, really scary. That if we carry around unforgiveness for what our dad did, or what our sister did, or what our teacher did, or whatever the case might be, some injustice, if we carry that unforgiveness, the fact is, is that God will turn his back on us. That's scary. This morning, God wants to release forgiveness here at the Gateway Church. See, to experience God's favor, his grace, you must forgive. You need to accept his grace, to accept God's gracious favor, his forgiveness, but then also to give forgiveness as well. Let God's grace cover us. And you know, the key for us in community, and we're going to talk about this in a minute, as we go through life, is one of the keys is confession. And God, you know, to confess our sins one to another and how important that is. And so if we're going to experience God's favor, His grace in relationship, we need to learn first to forgive. Forgiveness is the key. But there's a second key as well. And I want you to turn in your Bibles to Acts chapter 2. And, uh, and almost every year at this time, I'm drawn back to this section of Scripture. In fact, I was talking with a, a, um, uh, an old professor from Cornerstone University this week, and I was saying, you know, I'm, I'm talking about uh, God's favor. I'm talking about um, uh, these two things, about forgiveness, and then the second thing, fellowship, which we'll talk about here. And I said, I can't get away from Acts chapter 2. And I said, we come back to the same place every year. And he says, you know, that's the best place to go. And so we're back here at Acts chapter, Acts chapter 2. And I want you to listen to this story. It's the story of the early church and about the fellowship of the believers. And what I want you to see is that it's more than just being together, but there was a sharpening, an iron sharpening iron, a discipleship that you kind of see in here, teaching and fellowship, breaking of bread. And so let's read it. Uh, Acts chapter 2, verse 42, it says, They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe, and many wonders and mir miraculous signs were done by the apostles. All the believers were together and had everything in common, selling their possessions and goods. They gave to everyone as they had need. And if you want to just flip over to chapter 4, verse 20, or verse 32, it, it, uh, it's interesting, the parallel, talking about how believers would actually sell their possessions and give that money to the church to be able to distribute, to meet the needs of the people, and a really powerful story. But verse 46 of chapter 2 says, Every day they continued to meet together. In the temple courts, they broke bread in their homes and they ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their numbers daily 
as those who were being saved. Now, I read that story, and I want us to see a couple things. First of all is that there's a grace, a favor that comes when we're with people of good company. I love what 1 Corinthians chapter 15 says. Um, if you want to turn with me to 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 33, I love what it says in the Amplified Version. It says, do not be so deceived and misled. You're saying, okay, I better pay attention. Now listen. Then it says, evil companionship, communion or associates that are evil, corrupt and deprave good manners and morals and character. In short, and maybe in your Bible, it says good company corrupts good morals, right? And the fact is, is that if we have the wrong friends, if we are uh, hooked up with the wrong individuals in our lives, if we're fellowshipping with those that are not like-minded, we are in trouble. And when you talk about God's favor in fellowship, we need to be discerning as people, as young people, you need to be discerning about the friends that you let close into your life. You say, yeah, but I want to be popular. I want to fit in. I don't want to stand out. I'll tell you what, bad company will corrupt good morals. You show me your friends, I'll show you your future. Have you ever heard that before? How true is that in our lives? Those of us that are older, um, for the young people, is it true that you show me your friends, I'll show you your future? Is that true? It's so true, and it's so important. And so this year, as you consider the favor of God, it's perhaps the year that you need to let go of some people who have held you back from getting God's favor. To pick the right friends, it's critical to your growth. And not only to pick the right friends, but to not live your life in isolation or to live lonely. Instead, to experience the favor of God in community, in fellowship. But in Acts chapter 2 here, there's a deeper sense than just being together, just enjoying uh, the favor of one another. There is a deeper sense of accountability as you read Acts chapter 2. As you study these verses, there's an encouragement, there's a caring, there's an iron sharpening iron. There's prayer, there's God's word, there's teaching. And we put the term discipleship on these things. There's a grace and a favor that comes into our lives as we are in community, growing together, discipling one another. It is so important. We cannot miss this. You cannot do it alone. It's only in community. It's with our connection with each other that will lead us to success. And as I was thinking about my own life, and I think back to my high school days, I had a group of friends in high school that loved the Lord. And some people would look, would, would look at, our, at my life, and at high school, in high school, I went to a huge high school, Troy High in Troy, Michigan. I, I think I graduated with almost 600 people, so a big school. I had two friends, Okay. And then I had a lot of acquaintances. I, I had a lot of people that were friendly with me. But I had two friends. Some people would say, well, man, you know, what was wrong with you? You know, I mean, that high school, you know. Well, I picked my friends pretty carefully. And at church, I had some other friends. And you know what's interesting? The friends that I hung out with in high school, we used to do something. I was telling Brendan about this the other night. Uh, we used to do something on Friday nights. Instead of hanging out and partying and, and smoking or drinking, 
we used to get our guitars, we'd sit around in this guy's garage, and we'd turn on the heater. It's probably, you know, lucky that we didn't, like, kill ourselves or something. And we'd sit around, and literally, for hours, we'd play the guitar, play worship songs, and we'd pray. We called it the upper room. And it started with just, like, four or five of us, and it grew. By the time I graduated, we were meeting. We had to meet outside of that garage. We had to meet at the church because there was about 30 of us every Friday night. Students! And you're saying, that's crazy, right? But you know what? It paved a way for what God was going to do in my life. It was the favor of God at that moment in my life. In college, there was a friend of mine. Uh, he didn't go to school at Evangel, but his wife did. And we were going through uh, together, and they, they went to our church. His name was Greg Gale. And we would meet every Thursday morning, 6 o'clock at the church. They had open prayer. And there were about six people that showed up, and we were the two of them. <laughs> and we would get together, and then he'd come over for breakfast, or I'd go to his house for breakfast. And you know, we walked through life in that season of my life for those two years when I was at Evangel. And Greg made such a difference in my life. We were accountable to each other. We prayed together. We read God's Word together. And then you know what? I ended up in Dayton, Ohio. And I think I've told this story before, but forgive me. But there was a guy that grabbed me uh, early in my ministry. And, I, and uh, it's funny, because early in my ministry, I thought, you know, I mean, you have all these preconceived ideas of what ministry is going to be like. And, uh, and it's easy to get caught up in the work of the ministry and that your walk with the Lord can suffer. I don't know if you can uh, imagine what that might be like. But there was a guy, his name was Greg as well, Greg Weiss, he lived just a couple doors down from the church, and uh, he had been through an affair in his life, and he was out of ministry for 10 years. And a uh, really interesting story. But what I want to say is that Greg, he grabbed me, and he said, you know, uh, he says, you're a children's pastor today, but he says, you're not always going to be a children's pastor. And he challenged me to grow in my depth and knowledge in God's Word. And what he did, he said, you know, he said, I would love to be at the place in my business, where I could pay you to read God's Word. And he wasn't able to do that, but just the dialogue, just the idea that, that, it, that God's Word is so valuable that as I would read, it would be putting deposits in my life. And he's the first one to ever challenge me to read through the Bible. And he had a plan, and we put out this little note, and I did it like three different times uh, in the last six years that I was at Bethel before we moved here. Read right through the Bible. And he said, you know, and I think I was like 25 or 26 then, and, uh, and he said, you know, fast forward 20 years when you're 45 years old. He says, just think about if you did this every year, the knowledge, the depth of God's Word. And it challenged me. It helped me. And you know, today, there are people in my life that I could point out, certainly the board members here at the Gateway Church are guys that I believe that are God's grace on me, God's favor on my life that help me and keep me on track. And we all need community like this. If we're going to declare a year of God's favor in relationship and to, and to understand that it's time for a miracle in our lives, to let God's grace cover us. The result of all that is going to be a deeper love for one another, a friendship, an accountability. And I just want to say this is the year 
to be accountable. If you don't have someone in your life that you can be gut-level honest with, this is the year to establish that relationship. This is the year to get help if you're struggling in an area of your life. This is the year to be vulnerable, to let someone in, to be able to see some of those deep hurts and pain. This is the year of forgiveness and of fellowship. And as you do, as you embrace those things in light of God's favor, you are going to be blessed. Now, I know what some of you are thinking, and it's very, very possible. You're saying, you know what? I'm okay. I don't, I'm not sure I need this or I even agree with what you're talking about. And uh, you say, well, I'm, I've, I'm kind of a man on my own or a, a lady on my own, right? I can do it on my own. Well, and there might be some success that comes with that, and I understand that. But is it possible that someone else needs you this year? And we're going to talk about that as we go through the year. And, and I, there's an idea brewing in my heart, and I've, I've shared it with a few individuals. And I'm hoping by March that we're going to have an opportunity to connect people one-on-one and, uh, and really see God's hand move on our lives. And I just want to say, if you're facing trouble today, maybe an addiction or a fear, even sickness or a broken relationship, God's favor is available for you. It's available for me. We just need to embrace it this morning. When you're down, I believe that God is up to something. He has not forgotten you. He is right there for you. And I said last week that these ideas of God's favor, it's not our little secret. We can't keep it silent. There are people that are wounded on our lakeshore, neighbors, friends, family, people that are hungry for God's favor. And we need to embrace that and extend God's favor beyond our own circles. And it comes with forgiveness. And today we're going to address that in our lives. We're going to believe in Jesus that, he, that you know, John 3, 16, for God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that who would ever believe in him would not perish but have eternal life. We know that verse. It's a verse of forgiveness, to receive God's forgiveness, but then also to confess one to another, to forgive ourselves, to accept our, our, our God's grace, but then also to give that today. And we're going to come back and, and, and look at that in our altar time. But also, I want to talk here for a moment about this idea of fellowship. And some of the things that we are trying to do as a church, one of our goals, one of our success, what will success look like? I believe success will look like uh, families, individuals, connecting in deep fellowship, where there's forgiveness, there's God's grace that covers God's favor. And in that, it's not only just being together and having a good time, but it goes deeper, uh, a relationship that's developed, a discipling, an iron sharpening iron. This Saturday night is a time for just to be together. That's important. But beyond that, I want to encourage us that for the next two Wednesday nights, we're going to have worship and prayer. And we're going to be doing some of these things and asking God to just help us in our relationship with each other. And then in just a couple weeks away, February 1st, we're going to launch something on Wednesday nights. And I want you to turn in your bulletins with me and see if I still have my bulletin up here. There are actually five different opportunities in a couple weeks. Some are already going on. 
but five total by February 1st, areas for discipleship for small groups. The first one, let me just say, is a, a group of young adults that meet on Sunday afternoons. And if you're a young adult and you are not connected, let me just say how important that is. They're going through a book called Five Lies That Ruin Relationships. The study guide's five bucks. You say, I don't have five bucks. Come and talk to me. I will give you $5 so you can get a book and connect with these folks, okay? And so the young adults are meeting. And uh, uh, does it even say where they're meeting? It's at Hannah's. It's at your house. Yeah, Hannah. And, uh, and so, Hannah, just stand up real quick, just in case there's someone here that, uh, that doesn't know you. Right here, Hannah, you can connect with her, and that'll be great, all right? And a group of uh, young adults are doing that. Then there's an adult group, an older adult group, uh, that meets on Friday nights at George and Linda's. And there's a group there, uh, a good group, but there's open, and there's an address in there, 6.30 on Friday nights, a time to be together, to sharpen each other. And I'll tell you, from what I understand, that group is a blast to be a part of, and I want to encourage you to be a part of that. Then on Wednesday nights, we looked at our evaluations, and, and many, many, many of you were saying, hey, we need some discipleship, some opportunity to grow deeper in God. And so we're going to do our, our, so a couple other small groups on Wednesday nights. The first one is called Connect 101. If you are newer to the church, want to know what we believe and, uh, and why we believe those things, we're going to get into God's Word, and we're going to go through some disciplines, some uh, core beliefs, and that's on uh, Wednesday nights at 6.30. The same time, there's going to be another group that will meet right here at the church. Then they're going to go through a book called Radical, uh, Taking Back Your Faith, uh, from the American Dream, and I've studied this, looked at this material, and I'm excited. If you desire this year to, for your connection with God to grow and to go deeper, I'm telling you, this book will challenge you. There's some stuff online. You could Google it, and there's some videos. I'd, I'd encourage you to consider being a part of that. That's on Wednesday nights, 6.30 to 7.45, and then we're going to continue with uh, intercessory prayer as well, and uh, focusing on our church, focusing on our community, and, uh, and, and there will be a prayer component each Wednesday night for you to come and to com connect in that way as well. And we do these things not just to be busy, not just to have uh, you know, people together, but to grow, to sharpen each other. And if you are hungry for fellowship, if you are hungry for God's forgiveness in relationships, to grow in relationships with God, for God's favor to be upon you in your connection with Him and with others. I'm going to challenge you to carve these times out of your schedule. Come and be a part of what God is doing. And my encouragement is this. Do not overlook the favor of God this year in 2012. Brennan, I'm going to ask that you would come back we're talking about what will success look like at the Gateway Church. What is success going to look like? Well, it, we refer back to our mission statement that says that we are a healthy body of believers connecting the people of the lakeshore with God and with each other. And then, of course, with our world. And we'll talk about that next week a little bit. This morning, God is calling us to forgiveness. And you know, as we talk about these things and talk about our growth in relationship, what we are doing is we are laying a foundation. As we go deeper, it's going to allow us to grow 
bigger. How many know that the bigger the skyscraper, the deeper the foundation needs to go? Does that make sense? If you're going to have a, a, a large building in, uh, in downtown Grand, Grand ha uh, Haven or, or Grand Rapids is what I'm thinking, the foundation needs to go deep. And the deeper the foundation, the larger facility they'll be able to, to create. Isn't that true? And the same is true for us. The deeper we go in the Lord, the deeper we go in relationship, the deeper we understand forgiveness in true fellowship, not just hanging out for hanging out's sake, but really investing one-on-one -on -one or in small groups of people together. The deeper we go, the larger I believe that God is going to allow us to be. And I believe that God's favor this year is in the deepening. And yeah, we're going to grow. We're going to add. And God's going to continue. But it'll only happen as we go deeper, deeper in our relationship, deeper together. And it's contagious. And it's really what we desire because that's what we were created for. None of us, not one of us, were created to go through this life alone. We were created to be in community. And so this morning, I want to ask a couple questions as we conclude our time this morning. The first question is, is are you here this morning and you're away from the Lord where you do not have a relationship with Jesus? If you're here today and you don't know Jesus as your personal Savior, would you respond to him with a, yes, God, I desire a relationship. I desire your forgiveness. I desire your grace. Just in a moment of honesty, how many here would say, yep, Pastor Ben, I know for certain, without a shadow of a doubt, that I am a believer that I have Jesus in my heart. Just raise your hand right where you are. Yeah, okay. Lots and lots of hands. Very possible that either you slipped your hand up just because others were slipping it up, or maybe you didn't slip your hand up and you were honest and you're saying, you know, I don't know Jesus. Would you respond this morning to a salvation call? Jesus, he died on the cross to take away your sins desires that relationship. Not a religion, a relationship. So is there anyone here this morning that would be honest say, yep, that's me. I need Jesus in my life. I need God's saving grace. Would you just slip up your hand right where you are? Yeah, yeah. Who else this morning? Yeah, that's me. Yeah. Anyone else? Rejoice with Glenn here in a moment. Anyone else? Say, so, yeah, that's me. I need Jesus to save me this morning. All right. Now I want to talk about another component of our lives. And it has to do with forgiveness. And I talked a little bit about unforgiveness and having a hard time forgiving ourselves just because of the personal nature of this, I'm going to ask that you bow your, eye, or bow your heads, close your eyes, excuse me. 
please, no one looking around. Um, I'm going to have my eyes open. I'd like to be able to connect and to pray and uh, to respond. But if you're here this morning and you have struggled with forgiving yourself for whatever the case might be in your life, would you be honest enough to just slip up your hand and say, yep, that's me? Yeah, lots of hands. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, me too. Who else? Just in a moment of honesty saying, yeah, I need God's help to forgive myself for the things I've done, the places I've gone, the things I've seen, the things I've said. then there's the other part. Not only accepting God's grace, and I believe that God is going to give you the grace to, to, to walk in His forgiveness personally, but how many here would say, you know, I've struggled with forgiving my mom or my dad or my husband or my wife. How many have struggled here with forgiving others in your life? Maybe someone that's hurt you, someone that's, a, maybe there's some abuse or neglect or whatever the case might be. If you are here this morning, you're saying, yeah, that's me. I'm having a hard time. I've struggled in this area and I need God's help. Would you slip up your hand? Yeah. Yeah. If you raised your hand for salvation, for forgiving yourself, or forgiving others, I'm going to ask that you just stand right where you are. Just right now. Uh, just don't, don't wait. Just stand right where you are. If you are here, there's no need to be ashamed. There's lots and lots of people that are struggling in these areas. Yeah. We want to pray for you this morning. And I'm going to ask that you would take a step of boldness to come right here down to the altar. And you're going to find some friends here that are going to come about alongside you and love on you and pray with you. So right now, would you move right from where you are? Come down and let's just, just come on down. And we're going to just partner you up with some of the board members, some of the other leaders in the church. If you feel led to come and pray with one of these folks that are up here, would you do that? Yeah, just spread out. There, there's room. If you're struggling with forgiveness... God wants to meet you right now, right where you are. So if you see someone, please come now. Don't let anyone stand alone. I'm, you know who you are. If the Lord's leading your heart, is there, if you see a friend up here that's alone, please slip out and come and pray. we got a couple up here that need some help and some prayer. We don't want anyone to be alone right now. Yeah, thanks. Yeah. John and Virginia, would you come and, and pray with uh, a couple of these? Yeah, that'd be to minister, begin to pray. We've got one other lady down that needs needed down here. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, I just want to make sure we're connected. Thank you, Lord. One other gentleman. Uh, Elvin, would you come and pray with Jason here? Hallelujah. Yeah. Just begin to pray God's blessing, God's favor in relationship over these. And if you're out in the, in the seats, I want you to just extend a prayer towards these here. We're going to just take a moment before we address our fellowship together, okay? Hallelujah, God. Lord, we pray, God, Lord, that forgiveness would be found right here this morning, that grace would be administered, God. Lord, that your grace and your mercy would just overflow in each and every circumstance. Lord, I pray, God, whether we're struggling with forgiving ourselves for the mistakes we've made, the things we've done, the places we've been, 
Oh, God, I pray for your mercy. God, it's okay. Lord, you said it's okay. Your blood covers our sin. And so we confess our sins this morning. Lord, take it away, God. Forgive us, God. Cleanse us from all unrighteousness, God, I pray. Oh, Lord, touch your people. God, administer a, a balm of grace, God, over each one. God, we pray. Lord, we pray. Oh, God, help us, God. And Lord, I pray for those that are struggling, forgiving others. God, maybe someone in their life that has hurt them deeply, abuse or neglect, mistakes that were done, hurts, brokenness, God, I pray, Lord, that you would extend your favor, your grace, your forgiveness in each and every one. Do what only you can do, God. Minister in a powerful way. Oh, God. And Lord, I pray that there would be freedom. Freedom. The year of the Lord's favor is upon us. And God's favor is the good news to the poor. Healing the brokenhearted. Freedom. Prisoners set free. Comfort and provision. No more sorrow. No more mourning. No more despair. But gladness. God, we speak your word, your favor into each of our lives. Lord, we pray. everyone to stand right where you are and I'm going to ask that you would do something for me and and, and, uh, and just we're going to do this together I'm going to ask that everyone stand and everyone slip out and just make your way fill these aisles maybe if you guys can move forward here for a moment because as we talk about community as we talk about fellowship we need to realize that we cannot make it on our own we need each other so from the front to the back just make your way forward and I want you just to find the, a hand of a person next to you, guys with guys, girls with girls, as much as possible. And just we're going to just take the hand of the person next to us. And I'm just going to pray a prayer of community, of forgiveness, but also a discipleship, that there would be a deepening in our walks with the Lord, that we would not walk through this year alone, but we would find relationships in our lives and to be sharpened to go deeper. And so just grab the hand of someone next to you and would you pray this after me? Say, Dear Heavenly Father, help me this year to live in your favor, to forgive others, to forgive myself, and then to live in community. I'm done living by my own. I need others in my life. Help make those connections. And help me to discern good relationships. And Lord, where there is bad relationships, give me the strength to break those relationships, to live free, to live with others that love you, that have a heart like Paul, to know you in the power of your resurrection. Lord, we surrender these things to you this morning. In 
Jesus' name. I want you to lift your hands to the Lord. And I just want you to thank Him. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Praise your name. Praise you, God. Lord, we honor you, God. We, wa- we worship you, God, for who you are. Oh, God. Praise you, God. We surrender these things to you, God. Lord, we give our lives to you. Help us, God, to connect with you, God, to grow in you, to connect with others. Oh, God, I pray. Lord, for those that are lonely, God, I pray. Lord, that you would just intervene, God. Provide relationship. Provide opportunity to be together, God. Oh, thank you, Lord. We surrender, Lord. comfortable with that, uh, that's okay. Uh, You don't have to, but for as many that are willing, just put your hand on the shoulder of the person next to you. Just pray a quick prayer of blessing. Lord, I pray that you would bless us, that you would honor us, that you would favor us, God. Husbands and wives, God, I pray. Lord, singles, for those that are widowed today, God, I pray for those that are students today, Lord, that you would bless, that your hand would be upon us, God. Lord, each and every one, from the youngest to the oldest, God, Lord, I pray that you would just speak your love, speak your blessing into our lives. Thank you for your favor, God. Thank you for your help, God. We praise you, Lord. We honor you, God. We love you, God. We praise your name. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise you, Jesus. Praise you, Praise you, God. Oh, we surrender, God. We surrender. We love you, God. We honor you, Lord. We love you, God. 
bless families today, God. Bless those that are single, God, today. Community, God. Praise you. Praise you, Jesus. Hallelujah. 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 Praise your name. I praise your name. to a point of commitment this morning, and I want to put you on the spot, because I believe at times like this, when God is moving, God will often challenge us in moments like this, and if we don't make a commitment, we can leave here and get distracted by the things of this world, and then we can you know, just filter off into you know, forgetting what the Lord was dealing with about. And so what I want to do is I want to challenge you this morning that maybe there's an area in your life where God has challenged you in relationships. And maybe it's that you need to forgive someone and that you need to go to that person and, and just to say, hey, I forgive you. The Lord's been working on my heart and I want to forgive. Or maybe it's you're forgiving yourself and, and I want you to take a step in that direction. And what I want us to do before we leave is that on the back tables there are note cards. They say connect. I want you to take one of those. And before you leave this room, I want you to just grab one. And I want you just to write, there's pens back there, to write out an action step in relationship to God's favor in relationship. And I want you just to take that time to do that and then just tuck it in your Bible. Say, I am going to connect in small groups. I'm going to make it a priority to come out for the next two Wednesday nights for worship and prayer. Or I'm going to uh, make a connection with my dad that I haven't talked to in uh, so many years. Or I'm going, whatever the case, whatever the Lord is, is dealing with you. And just write it. And maybe you don't need one of those note cards. Maybe you could write it in your Bible or in a journal. And just to do that. And so, Brennan, I'm going to ask that you just continue to pray or play. And we're just going to continue. Just I want you to move right where you are. And then once you do that, then you're dismissed. And go in the grace of God. Enjoy the favor of God on your life. But would you take that step to just write out a commitment? Say, I forgive myself for the abortion that I had. Or I am going to extend grace to my teacher who I can't stand. Or whatever the case might be. All right? And so well, let's do that. Let's move. Let's find a note card, a, a chance to write down. And, uh, and there's pens back there. And then once you're completed, you are dismissed. Go in the grace of God and let God's favor, his grace, be all over your life. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. Praise you, God. Praise your name, Lord. Praise you, Jesus. Praise you, God. Thank you, God. Lord, for speaking, God. Hallelujah, Lord. Praise your name.